0: Thank you for downloading Yacht Blast. Island 92's maritime show comes to you from St. Martin, the yachting capital of the Caribbean. This podcast may have been edited for copyright reasons.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the last Yacht Blast of the current series. Yes, Yacht Blast is on summer break, but we'll be back in November. We'll be back, baby. This week we take you to Anguilla for one of the Caribbean's nicest regattas. And we have news of the final leg of the Velux Five Oceans race, which got underway today. As it's our last show, I'm going to play some of the most requested music from the last six months. Jim will have the Budget Marine Gill offshore marine forecast around the bottom of the hour. So, without further ado, let's get this show underway with this ever-popular from Prokrol Harem. Wonderful stuff from Prokrol Harem and Whiter Shade of Pale bringing back memories of my motorcycle days and drunken trips to the coast. I'm much more sensible now. Heck. Heck. Now, last weekend I was in Anguilla for the regatta, and what a fabulous event it was. I got to race on two boats, Friday on Moondance, a Catalina 36, owned and skippered by Garth Stein of the St Martin Sailing School, and on Sunday, Kickham Jenny, a Beneteau First 36.7, owned and skippered by the Commodore of the St. Martin Yacht Club, my yacht club, Ian Hope Ross. And While sailing on Moondance, I managed to grab a couple of interviews. So let's go racing on Moondance in Anguilla. Now, you're going to hear some background noise. Well, that's the sea and the wind. We have Captain Garth Stein, St. Martin Sailing School, and I'm on board his boat, which is a Catalina 36. And we have a crew of trainees on board. Garth, I guess we can call them trainees.
2: Yeah, the majority so. we got uh, Dan and Steve from the States. They're down here. They live here part-time. And they've just finished some of the courses with us. We have uh, Ian, that's uh, actually one of the other instructors with us at the school. And we have Eric, our French uh, side there, learning, racing with us.
1: Today's been a beautiful day. An incredible start to the Angola Regatta. Blue skies, blue sea. I think we've got every colour of blue that you can imagine. Not a lot of wind. But we had some pretty nifty downwind work on the other side of the island. Lots of pole jibing. Yeah, it's Dan and Steve
2: is their first time working on the foredeck. So we teach them how to drive with a spinnaker pole. And I think they've done a great job today.
1: And then when we came around the corner, they hardened up onto the wind. And uh, going to windward, it was nice. The breeze cooled us down a little bit. And we were making uh, a good speed at one point.
2: Yeah, at one point, we were doing seven and a half knots upwind, which is not so bad on a close reach as we. Hard up, we're doing five and a half, six knots of wind, which is pretty good for a boat like this.
1: Garth, when you have students on board, do you prefer the winds to be light or heavy? Well, I is moderate winds is nicer. We've,
2: the last few weeks we've had the extremes. We had one week with next to no wind, and the next week after that we had 25, 30 knots of wind. So it makes us uh, teaching-wise a bit challenging in the 25, 30 knot range. But uh, this moderate winds is nice, 15, 16 knots of wind. is good sailing weather, good training weather. What's the hardest thing to teach, do you think, for someone who's new to sailing? Um, on the bigger boat, the man overboard procedures. We really stress on the man overboard procedures, motoring and uh, docking the boat, especially if they've never driven the boat a lot. And we, on the little boat, we don't have the motor, so they have to do everything on the pure sail. But as they move up to the next level, we teach them on this boat. And I think docking is one of the harder ones to teach also, because you have to worry about them hitting the dock all the time. So.
1: On the overboard, I know it's crucial, it's it's really important that people learn that. It's changed over the years, what system do you use? We're using the
2: the US sailing curriculum, they teach both methods, we teach the quick stop method and conventional figure of eight, bear off onto a beam reach, tack around, go onto a broad reach, pick the person up on the leeward side in the close hold, that's the more, the easier one to teach for for some reason, I prefer the quick stop method I think the easier one to teach because there's more boat control is the uh, figure of eight. Do you actually uh, throw something in the water? Speak to Steve and uh, Dan, I'll let them tell you we have Bob. His name's Bob, it's a fender.
1: Alright, let's go to talk to Steve and Dan, they're up on the bow. I'm going to thread my way up there. Can't just the make sure the four deck crew are not sleeping. See if we can walk up here without falling overboard or banging the microphone too much, Steve, Dan, up here. Having lunch on the deck, are made by one of the instructors, which is very nice. Sorry to interrupt lunch, but uh, Gareth was just saying you have a method of man overboard. You use Bob. What's Bob?
3: Bob. Well, Bob's the uh, Bob's fender. With the rope tied yeah, buoy with the rope tied to it. Bob goes overboard, and we have fun trying to catch him.
1: What's the hardest thing what you've been learning to sail?
2: I think docking under power is difficult. You know, with the different winds you have. You're coming into the wind, you're going off the wind. Basically, it takes a lot of, lot of practice to do that right. What made you get into sailing? Uh, moving down to St. Martin's is just so beautiful down here. I don't uh, see how you could live here and not sail. It's just a wonderful place.
1: And you don't suffer from seasickness? No, not at all. That's a big plus, isn't it? Because so many people, they like the dream of sailing, but sometimes, unfortunately, the stomach gets the better of them.
2: Yeah, I guess I've been lucky so far. I've never... Keep
3: my fingers crossed, huh?
1: You don't seem to suffer from seasickness either. You're tucking into that sandwich there.
3: No, no, yeah. I don't think I've been sick once yet. Here again, knock on wood, fire
1: that. What's the favourite part for you, sailing?
3: Uh, just being out here. Racing, actually, is my favourite part.
1: You, you like racing uh, as opposed to cruising, just bobbing around? Yeah, racing. Uh, there's a challenge to it. But what do you think of Anguilla? Beautiful place, beautiful beaches. Nice people. we better talk over here to our Frenchman if I can reach across. Uh, the French, of course, are make the world's greatest sailors, I have to say that, and they, as an Englishman, that's a big compliment. But they do, and we have some wonderful French sailors and single-handed sailors. What attracted you to sailing?
0: Well, guys, simply as that, a good friend and a nice boat, so I like I like the ocean. And I like sailing, it's quiet, no engine running, no noise, just the wind blowing. Have you done much sailing? I've been a bit of sailing Um, two years ago. I've been crossing Atlantic Ocean on a Albertazzi 42 and Blue Tongue is the name of the boat. So a bit, a bit of experience, but not much.
1: That's a big trip, Atlantic Ocean. Did you enjoy
0: that? A lot. Three beautiful weeks. Three beautiful weeks. Yeah. Everyone has to do do, uh, to do it once in uh, in his life for sure. That's special moment. Do you own a, a boat of your own? I wish, but no. But maybe in the future you you would like to do that? As soon as become uh, rich and uh, and well, known, why not? Why not? I don't think you have to be rich, really. I mean, you can small boats are not too expensive, eh? No, you're right. You're fully right. But for now, yeah, it's not my priority uh, by no matter. It's a, yeah. That's part of of the dream.
1: Why also be your own boat and have to pay when you can do it like this? When somebody else's boat having a great time, even getting lunch.
0: That's a lot less trouble for sure.
1: Absolutely. Let's go back and talk to Ian. He was an instructor. If I can legal myself up off the phone, Wow. All we've got gonna have a, a photo opportunity here with the we, oh microphone. He bangs his head. All right, let's go back here. That was Ian taking pictures. You, now you it's not often that people make lunch for me on board. That was very nice of you. Is that? Uh, no, I'm gonna get yet. Too. Is that part of your job description? <laughs>
4: Well, on a boat, you
2: know as well as I do, Gary, everything goes. So. Yeah,
1: I, I do know you had a bit of a celebration yesterday and you were feeling a bit delicate today, but you're looking all right now.
2: Oh, thank you, yeah, rum can do that for
1: yeah. <laughs> well, you. Well, you've got a drink room if you're sailing, certainly in the Caribbean. What do you like about teaching sailing?
2: Well, um, basically taking someone from a complete novice to uh, seeing them an out-hand or boat, uh, the satisfaction you get from all of that, and uh, watching them progress and love a sport that you yourself love.
1: Yeah, and there you heard Garth Stein and his crew on the yacht Moondance. And uh, Moondance went on to score six bullets to win cruising class. And uh, while I was at Sunday's awards ceremony, and before uh, Garth left to sail back to St Martin, I had another quick chat with him. And he told me what I had missed on day two while I was uh, messing around on the press boat. Here he is. Garth, congratulations, you winning... uh Five bullets, six bullets, six to, bullets. Uh, to win the cruising class with your. Uh, I was just going to tell you, you missed out on all the action. Oh, I missed out on all the, the action. action. Will you tell me about the action. We had a collision yesterday on the start
2: line. We had uh, nice, close racing all the way up uh, the coast of Charm today. It was good. So, what was the collision about? Uh, over early, turned back and bumped
1: into us. It's no big. Who bumped into you? Wild. Oh, wild. A good name for the boat, eh? Wild. <laughs> it was pretty wild. <laughs> But you must be pleased because you have a crew of trainees on board and I was on board with you on the first day. It was super, super sailing then. Oh so the guys enjoyed themselves and they must have learned a lot if they saw a collision.
2: Yeah, they had uh, the four of guys again that did an outstanding job and the, Eric, the Frenchman, did a great job.
1: Garth, before you go off, head off with that bottle of champagne and uh, celebrate, um, how can people get in touch with you at the St. Martin Sailing School?
2: Um, we have a website, St Martin Sailing com, and the
1: phone number is 580 5806. There you go, thank you, Garth Garstein, skipper and owner of the boat Moondance of the uh, St Martin Sailing School. Cool, thank you, Gary. Yeah, that was Garth Stein, and Garth is a super guy, I've known him a long time. And if you want to learn to sail, I can highly recommend the St Martin Sailing School. All the details are available on com. Or you can Google St Martin's Sailing School or follow the link on the Yacht Blast website. I've got myself a cup of coffee and here's another one of our most requested songs of the series. And of course, it's from Queen. Queen and We Are The Champions and that's for Pat over there in Cross Flats, eh, which is just outside Keithley in Yorkshire. Pat's a regular listener online and she said she'll miss the show. Now, before we go back to Anguilla, here's a bit of silly news. Boat US has released their annual list of top ten boat names. If you're looking for a name for your boat, then maybe one of these will fit the bill. And These are listed in reverse order. Ready? Number ten on the list of most popular boat names in the US is Blue Moon, followed by Serenity, No Worries, Second Wind, Island Time, Mojo... La Belle Vita, which means The Beautiful Life. In third place is The Black Pearl. In second place is Andiamo, which means Let's Go. And topping the list, as the favourite boat name in America is... (laughs) I couldn't resist. Aquaholic. Aquaholic, what a boring list of boat names. Second Wind, The Black Pearl... Come on, guys, you can do better than that. Now, as I said earlier, this is the last Yacht Blast of the current series. And Island 92 sailing show will be off air until November. But all is not lost. I will be on air twice a week from mid-June on Tuesday and Thursday. That's in the afternoons between 4 and 7 with happy hour. I'm looking forward to that. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I may even be able to sneak in some local sailing news. Just don't tell anybody. Another way you can keep up with the uh, Caribbean sailing or keep up with Caribbean sailing and what's going on here is through my blog, which you can find at ocean-media.blogspot.com. That's ocean-media.blogspot.com. If you go to the blog, you can leave a comment and have your say on things that I have written about. You're welcome to do that, and I'll always get back to you. Uh, Later in the show, I'll tell you how uh, you can get in touch through Facebook and Twitter, But first, let's have another of our most requested pieces of music. Now, this one caused quite a stir when it was played earlier in the year. And believe me, it's a million miles away from rock and roll. Now, all I have to do (laughs) is find it. (laughs) Wonderful stuff there. Gets the blood pumping on this Sunday morning. The Port Isaacs Fisherman Friends and their version of the Sea Shanty, South Australia. Now, if you'd like to get your blood pumping, we are streaming live today on the webcam. So if you'd like to see how the show's put together and what I look like, what a handsome devil I am, then go to island92.com and log on to the webcam. You won't regret it. (laughs) It's a bit late to uh, place an ad on the world's favourite sailing show now, but uh, we will be back next year. So if you want to do it next year, this year, sorry, in November, so if you want to place an ad then, you will be more than welcome. Now, the five-day offshore marine forecast i will have that for you shortly. But first, let's go back to the beach in Anguilla and the regatta and talk to one of the race officers. Now I have with me Andrew Rappley, race officer, who's always the race officer at the Anguilla regatta just about. Andrew, nice to see you here again. How was it this year?
4: I'm going to sound like a stuck record. Uh, this is the ninth one, and every year I think I say to you it's been better than the last one, and once again I say it's better than the last one. It's more boats... The wind was ideal, it was slightly overcast so we weren't burnt to hell, and it was just fantastic.
1: Now, a couple of things I'm going to ask you about. First of all, there was a surprise on the start of the first race that you were not, on. nobody on the start boat was calling
4: out the time on the VHF. Uh, have you had any feedback from that? I had one boat um, that was uh, pretty upset about it. Uh, normally, I don't talk very much on the VHF and don't really use it as a race officer tool. And uh, historically I've had uh, Kerry as an assistant and Kerry is the opposite to me, she uses the VHF a lot. So it was a big extreme, you know, not having Kerry there so suddenly the VHF went quiet. And um, it was just a bit of a surprise from the competitors that suddenly they weren't uh, being told what to do, they had to figure it out themselves. Everything
1: was legitimate. That's the way that races really are started all over the world.
4: It's it's the proper way of doing it, uh, to uh, cut down on the VHF. The thing is, if you use the VHF, you leave yourself open to uh, problems. If you say the wrong thing, then uh, you can get protested. So it's kind of better to say nothing, run your boat with the flags, and yes, I can see where the VHF will stop confusion, and you want to stop confusion, but uh, if you're going to uh, call times, you better be right. But it can also cause confusion. We've seen
1: that in the Heineken Regatta with hundreds of people, especially in the bare fleet, calling you over the VHF asking if we're on the right course the right start time.
4: Yes, that's uh, one of the problems uh, on, in the Caribbean that's used too much. If you go to any of the bigger races, especially in France, and you call the race officer, I don't think you're going to get answered. Or if you do, you're probably going to get shot down. It's a small regatta. There wasn't any surprises. We were exactly on time at the uh, skipper's briefing. We said we're we're using the GPS time. We used the GPS time. We started on time. We ran the flags on time. So really, there wasn't any excuse. It was just a surprise that the radio went quiet on them.
1: Now, today, uh, we were on the start line. I was on Kickham Jenny. And at the start there, I don't know if you saw it, because I know you're very busy on the start boat, but somebody fell overboard.
4: Yes, I did see that. Um, that was uh, panic attack. I think it was Anna that fell overboard on panic attack. Uh, they got her back on board, she was fine, so there wasn't any need for any kind of... But we were watching it and it wasn't, it wasn't a problem. It
1: just, we saw one of the boats had to turn away because he got squeezed out there at the line, at the mm. committee boat end, and then the next thing we saw somebody in the water... But we did see her get pulled back
4: out, so it's all it was all happening, and we had a it collision
1: too, I believe, on the start line yesterday. So we had lots of action this year.
4: Yes, one one of the big surprises was the multi-hull class. Uh, not only were the more multi-hulls, but boy were they good. They were on the line on time, on speed. That was a really exciting class to see, and it's great to see the multi-hulls coming out and sailing the boats properly. Even even what they call the condos, you know, the uh, the ex uh, charter. Cats uh, been sailed well and on the line it was just a pleasure And one of them I noticed, Cats Nella Borgen, going to windward very well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely um, a, a big discrepancy in the performance of the boats, but still on the start line it was wonderful to see them all there, on time, at speed. What a pleasure. I hope to have them back again.
1: Thank you Andrew It was lovely to talk to you. I'll leave you to uh, go and enjoy the celebrations. Thanks Yeah, Andrew Rapley, another nice guy, and uh, uh, Andrew's the race officer, and he's a highly skilled race officer with years of experience, and what I like about Andrew is his enthusiasm for the sport. It's a job I wouldn't like to do, I can tell you that. Now, I've just had a post on my Facebook uh, page from Jen, who said all she can see on the webcam is the top of my head, and I told her that that's the best bit. Here's Jan with your five-day offshore marine forecast. John, you've done such a wonderful job with the weather forecast over the last few months, and uh, everybody said that. And so, as a special thank you, I'm going to let you blow your bugle again. Right. Um, let's have some more music. And this one is for one of our yacht blast team. Not the bugle, I may add. Oh. Oh, we seem to be having another problem. Ah, How embarrassing on the last show. No, it's not embarrassing at all, because it's right here. King and suspicious minds for Julia, who's part of our Yacht Blast team. And Julia, I'm sorry I couldn't find Elvis there for a while, but uh, I'm pretty sure I saw him over in Anguilla. Right, we'll return to Anguilla shortly, but first news of ARC Europe. A multinational fleet has sailed from the Caribbean and US to Bermuda, ready to sail across the Atlantic west to east. Some 77 sailors on 19 yachts, flying the flags of 12 countries, make up the fleet that will leave Bermuda for the Azores before heading for Lagos in Portugal. The main fleet started from Nani Key in Tortola, British Virgin Islands, on May 5th. The second fleet started from Hampton, Virginia on May 6th. The two fleets will rendezvous in St George's, Bermuda for some social time before leaving for the 1,800 nautical mile voyage across the Atlantic. Now, what I find interesting about the Ark is how, over the years, the size of boats has increased. Until now, the average length is 14.5 metres, with the smallest being a moody 38. Skippers and crews ranging ages from their late teens to the over 70s, with the average age being 54 years. An event we have been following closely on Yacht Blast is the Velux Five Oceans race. The boat taking part left Charleston on Saturday on the final leg, which takes them across the Atlantic to La Rochelle, France. American Brad Van Loo has won every stage of this race, and all he has to do is arrive safely in La Rochelle to gain the overall victory. We wish him well. One more piece of music, and then we'll go back to Anguilla. This one was requested by Jen in the UK. Cape boschan Wuthering Heights, and that's for Jen... Over there in the UK who just posted on my Facebook page said so she's having a crap day and that's really cheered her up. I'm a great fan of Kate Bush. I think she's one of the sexiest singers around. I listened to an interview with Kate just the other day. She's released a new album called Director's Cut in which she's reworked the songs that she released over 20 years ago. And the album is receiving rave reviews. That's one I'm going to buy. Now back to the Anguilla Regatta and Fritz Boss, the skipper of the Melges team, caused Light, and the winner once again of spinnaker class. I began by asking Fritz if he still enjoyed coming to the Anguilla Regatta.
5: Oh, we had a great regatta, great time, and, uh, yeah, this is a very nice
1: place to come, and it's uh, it's a pity we don't sail here more often. The socialising side of it, Fritz, is it getting better, or is it just the same, Anguilla always the same for you?
5: Um, well... We always have a good time and always have fun, so it's it's hard to beat every regatta again because of the good times. And uh, but we always have a very nice time here and socializing with people that you haven't seen for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's with different people from different regattas you see again, and uh, it's uh, always very good here. But it's all about the racing, and what about the courses this year? Great. I love the courses. Yeah, it was beautiful. The, the water here is so beautiful to race on, it's, uh, it's amazing, just, to, you know, you're close to shore all the time, you have great views, uh, the water is beautiful, we had, uh, we had a little bit of overcast skies for two days, uh, which is very nice that you don't get sunburn, so sunburned, it, so it was perfect.
1: And, and that tack when you come right into the beach to the Mark in Meads Bay, the water changes colour to turquoise, it's just uh, stunning. It's, it's,
5: it's amazing, I mean, we're so lucky that we can live and uh, experience uh, this paradise. And the competition? Yeah, the competition was uh, very close because we, okay, we won, but uh, every t- every time we had to look on our watches and it was close, kicked and Jenny, uh, Ian Hope Ross sailed very well. And uh, yeah, it was uh, nice. And also the guys from St. Barts uh, were sailing very uh, well. And uh, I must say the courses were a little bit favorite for me. Uh, otherwise, uh, if it was the wind direction would have been a little different, then they probably would have beaten us. The, the reaching courses really favour you a bit. The reaching courses favoured us a bit, yeah.
1: And this year you had no competition from the other Melges, would you, Marine? Uh,
5: yeah, that's very yeah. unfortunate yeah. because uh, that makes it always a little bit more exciting. So it was a bit more relaxing sailing uh, this weekend. But in two weeks' time we have the next regatta, and we'll see then what happens. Uh, next
1: regatta, that's the Captain Oliver's regatta. And then, Fritz, you put the boat away for the year and then start again next season.
5: Uh, yeah, that will be the last uh, Melges for Team course Light uh, sailing. Uh, not uh, for the whole year, because we start again uh, for club racing uh, after the, yeah, after the hurricane season. So in November we start again, and then we have the course Alliance again, of course, uh, end of November. So uh, it's not uh, a way for the for the year, but it's a way for the uh, hurricane season. But uh, then we we do a lot of uh, small boat racing.
1: So we'll see you out there on the water throughout the year, and it's always nice to talk to you, Fritz. Have a great sail home, and thanks again for being with us on Yacht Blast. Okay, thank you very much, and uh, you have a good time. Fritz Buss, winner of Spinnaker Classic this year's Anguilla Regatta. And Fritz, another great Caribbean
4: sailor. Island 92 Join the crew of the infamous floating bar Lucky Lady on a rip-roaring chase across the Caribbean. Tackle storms, party hard or die trying. Packed with unforgettable characters, Caribbean High is for anyone who dreams of adventure in the Caribbean and life on the edge. The Caribbean's number one sailing thriller, Caribbean High by Gary E. Brown, is now available in paperback and as an e-book from Amazon.com and Amazon.co.uk or ask at your local bookstore. Visit the author's website, GaryEBrown.net for details.
1: And I know I've been saying this a few times, many times, in fact, but thanks, everyone, everyone, wherever you are, who bought Caribbean High, who downloaded the ebook from Amazon.com, Amazon.co.uk, or bought the paperback, paperback edition. Thank you very much for your support. When you're a writer, your first novel, you need all that support, and it really, really is splendid. Now for our final visit to Anguilla and a chat with Donald Curtis. Donald helped to put the whole thing together this year, So he's really the man with the plan. Okay, I have Donald with me. Donald's the man with the plan, one of the organisers. Don, it seemed to go really well this year. I think it's the eighth year, is it, or ninth year? Ninth. The ninth year. And we have a bigger fleet this year than we've ever had before. What's your take on it?
3: Oh, as I say, um, I think it went very well. There are certain things we'd like to improve on, but I think that happens every year. But overall, great weather, great wind, good participation, and a lot of fun. Um, I think there was quite a extra fun last night for some of the crews um, at the various bars because I mean you can walk down to um, restaurants, bars all along, there's great facilities um, and as I say I think uh, the actual marks were good, the courses were fine, um, no big incidents on the course, um, no injuries, uh, so all that is... Win-win. <laughs> makes us feel very well. Uh, very and good. you got to sail too which is really nice to see. Yes. Um, well, you know, we have a great team that, that organizes the, the stuff on land, the volunteers, uh, between Gail, Fred Porter does the uh, marks. You know, a lot of volunteers. Nobody gets paid for this regatta. Um, we're uh, all non-profit, um, so it's, you know, it's all contributions from people, and it's great. Don, I have to comment
1: on this, having been here nine times now. I've seen the regatta when it started, when the local boats were involved, and they weren't involved so much. And then they made a big stage down there at the other end of the beach. That was always there. But this time, it's all been scaled back. I do know there's been some financial cuts, and you've had to make do. But somehow or other, the regatta seemed better. It wasn't as frantic. It wasn't as stressful. It just seemed to run like a Caribbean beach regatta should run.
3: Well, I I think so, too. I I think, I mean, I had a few stresses every now and again, but... I was able to sail, as you say. You know, I was able to do. Everybody had took their own responsibility for what they had to do, and and they contributed. And uh, it seemed to be a good camaraderie, and as I say, a lot of fun.
1: And thanks to the sponsors too. Without them, it couldn't have happened. Um, one one final question, Don, which is really really important: Is there going to be a tenth Anguilla regatta? Tell me there is. Absolutely.
3: Yes, we're going to do it. And Gary, thanks to you for coming out and supporting us all these years. You know, we do appreciate it. And we um, we look forward to seeing you every year.
1: Don, if I can only go to one regatta a year, believe me, it's this one. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Very true, and that is true. Donald Curtis, wrapping up our coverage of the Anguilla Regatta. And Jan and I would like to thank the organisers for looking after us. Cuisine Art, Five Star Resort and Spa for their superb room and superb service. And thanks to go to the Pump House and Ripples Restaurants in Sandy Ground and the Straw Heart Restaurant in Meads Bay for fabulous dining, and Wendell Connors Taxi Service and Car Rental, who came to our rescue. Thanks also to Captain Garth Stein of the St Martin Sailing School and Captain Ian Hope Ross of Kickham Jenny for allowing me to race with them. And Alison Redge, who did a great job driving the press boat. As always, our friends Richard and Maurice West of the Schooner Charm 3 make the best gin and tonics. We might be gone for the summer, but you can always get in touch at Gaz at island92.com, that's Gaz, G-A-Z, at island92.com, or go through my Facebook page, Gary E. Brown, or contact me at Ocean Media on Twitter, that's Ocean Media on Twitter, and don't forget the blog, keep up to date with the blog, that's ocean-media.blogspot.com. Now, before I bring the curtain down with my last piece of music, I want to thank all my wonderful sponsors for supporting Yacht Blast and for supporting the St. Martin marine industry. I couldn't have done it without you, and may you prosper. Of course, a massive thanks goes to you, the listener, who made it all worthwhile. And just to remind you, I'll be taking over two evening shows on Island 92, a Tuesday and Thursday between 4 and 7, beginning mid-June, so I won't be out of your hair altogether. Now, I'm going to leave you with one of my favourite pieces of music. Until next time, from all the team here at Yacht Blast, fair winds and safe sailing. Well, that was the final radio show, live show of Yacht Blast. And of course, the podcast is always taken from the show. I just want to thank you all for downloading the podcast every week. It's been a great six months and it's been wonderful having you on board. Have a fabulous summer and join us again in November when Yacht Blast returns.